All right. All right, well, let's go to 2 Corinthians, if we would, uh, chapter 10, Woo! beginning with verse 3. Uh, so we are going to talk to you about this morning um, the weapons of your warfare. And we're going to talk to you about how to use your weapons as we are in a war. We are in a war for our families. We're in a war for our country. We are in a war in many different arenas and in many different ways. Some of you are in your, a war in your marriage. Some of you are in a war with your children. Some of you are in a war with your jobs, your finances. Some of you are in a war in your body. Some of you are in a war with just yourself, who you are and what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to be. Some of you are in a war because you're wounded, you're hurt. You're damaged. Some of you are in a war because you're lost, completely lost. And maybe you feel useless. So there's many arenas, many battles, many places where we are constantly thrown into by our own choices, sometimes by other people's choices, and sometimes by the natural existence of being a human in this fallen world. Just walking around on the planet is a battle because of the crazy people around you who do crazy things and act in crazy ways and you don't have control over that craziness. You just have to be prepared in the best way that you can. And so a lot of you that are here today, you are in a battle right now. You're in a war right now. And you know, the Bible says very powerfully, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Lots of people run in a race, but only one person wins. And it also tells us in Timothy that we are soldiers and that we are to fight the good fight and that we are to win. So would you look at somebody right now and say, I don't know about you, but I'm winning. Say, God is a winner and I am a winner. And whatever happens, we're going to win. If we keep following the Lord and serving the Lord, we're going to win. If you won't quit, you will win with God on your side. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Praise the Lord. So we have been promised victory. Over all these battles that we fight, over all these battles that we're in. So after the years that I have walked with God now and done what we've done through the years, I have gathered a list of weapons that God has, you know, talked to me about, helped me use, and so on and so forth, to win the battles of life. And some of you don't know how to use your weapons, and some of you don't know what your weapons are. And one of the things you don't want to do is get in a fight with someone that is bigger than you, stronger than you, and more skilled than you. That is called being stupid. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And if you've lived enough life and seen enough stupid people, little people seem to think if they yell and scream at big people 
that they're not going to get hurt. I saw a video of, of uh, this um, road rage. So this little fella got out screaming and yelling and cussing and screaming and cussing at the other car. And the man got out, and he was about 6'5", very giant. And that little guy just ran at him as if the man was going to get scared or run away or something. And the man just grabbed him like this, picked him up, and threw him on the ground. So you don't want to be stupid and fight without being trained. Fight without being prepared and fight without being skilled. A weapon is a powerful thing unless you don't know how to use the weapon. So you can own all the weapons in the world, but if you don't know how to use the weapons, it doesn't do you any good. If you're going to get in the ring with someone and you don't know what their skill set is, you don't know how they fight, you don't know what their weapons are, you don't know any of that, then you're going to get beat up out of just ignorant pride, thinking that you just existing is enough to defeat your enemies. You're not going to defeat your enemies that are in your DNA. The DNA you are born with is one of the biggest battles you will ever fight. The urges, the desires, the impulses that you have that are contrary to God's plan for your life and contrary to his word and contrary to your health. Wanting to hurt people, kill people, do terrible things. All the urges, all the impulses, all the desires of the flesh. Very dangerous. So you have to know what weapons do I use against myself? How do I fight? How do I defeat myself? Since I'm with myself all day long. It's not like you can take a break from yourself. And I know you wish you could just turn the self switch off and say, boo, I'm taking a break from myself for a few hours. Praise the Lord. No, you are with yourself all day, every day, everywhere. Just constantly fine. And if you're a mess, you see the battle that you're in just because you haven't made peace with yourself. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody next to you and say, I don't have any problems. I don't know what he's talking about. I have victory over everything. Lying is also one of the issues we will talk about. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. For though we walk or live in the flesh, we do not carry on our warfare according to the flesh, using the mere weapons of human effort. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are superly powerful and mighty and divinely designed to destroy our enemies and to break their prisons and strongholds over us. We refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate 
and disobedient idea and thought. Think about that for a second, because that is a beautiful description. You have weapons. Say it out loud. I have weapons. I am not defenseless. I am not powerless against life, against people, against the devil, and against myself, against circumstances, spiritual forces of darkness, wickedness in heavenly places. I am not defenseless unless I am. Praise the Lord. If you're not going to get trained in these weapons, you are not going to have victory as a Christian. And one of the bad things about not having victory as a Christian is that you get discouraged with Christianity. You get discouraged with God. Because if God is not giving you the victory, if you're not breaking through, if you're not finding answers and solutions to your problems, if you're not getting victory over your battles, it's very discouraging and hard to keep going to church. It's not God's fault that you're not trained. It's your decision to start learning how to use these weapons. If you're going to go to war... You don't just step into a uniform, put it on, and then show up at the battlefield and say, hey, I'm here. We're going to win now because I'm good looking. No, they don't just send you to war. And if you send somebody to war unprepared, they lose. So you train them. You put them through rigorous training for battle. Every scenario, every kind of battle, land, air, and sea. We are in political battles. We're in ideology battles. We're in morality battles, sexuality battles, financial battles. We're in every kind of battle you can be in in these days. And it's not going to get easier. I know this is not good news, but the battles are not going to get easier the battles are going to get harder because the world is going to get darker. The world isn't headed for more light. It's the church that's headed for light. It's the kingdom of God that's headed for glory. It's the kingdom of God that's headed for revival. It's the kingdom of God that's headed for miracles. It's the kingdom of God that's headed for breakthroughs, signs and wonders in the midst of the darkness and in the midst of the evil. The church will arise and come out like a bright and shining light. And it says the people will flow up to the church as if a river was going up a mountain. But you're not going to get that from politics. Now, we're going to fight for our country to the death. We have to do it for our children and our grandchildren, for schools and for education and for all the different things that Satan is trying to put in everywhere to violate the minds of children, to seduce our children, to, to weaponize our children for darkness instead of light. But we've got to fight. We have got to get in the battle. You can't just stand on the sidelines and watch. You have got to get in the fight. You have got to become a soldier. You have got to become a warrior. You can't just sit home and, and watch TV and expect the glory of God to just come in the house. And the victories of God to just manifest because you're alive and eating cinnamon. No, you're in a battle. This is going to be a battle. 
The thing is, is that you have weapons that are so powerful, however, and you have an enemy that the Bible says is defeated. So you are dealing with a defeated enemy. That enemy then has soldiers in his army. And those soldiers occupy planet Earth. A third of those angels came. They are the principalities and the darkness rulers of countries, nations, cities, towns, and families. Then under those, you have the entire world of the demonic, all the demon spirits that are out there that you're going to have to battle that a lot of you don't even believe in. And uh, remember, Satan's number one weapon is to get you not to believe he's even there because you will not fight an enemy you don't think is in your house. But once you know the devil is in your house, most of you are not going to just tolerate him being in your house. You're going to say, the devil's in my house. Somebody come and help me. Kick him out because I don't want the devil in my house but he's here and if the devil's in your house or in your life and you've partnered with the devil then you've just brought battle and war to your own self to your own family because the devil is in the house in the form of demon spirits praise the lord now demon spirits satan's serving wicked spirits that are everywhere and no one, including atheists and scientists and all the non-believing world that don't believe in God or don't believe in him, do believe in demons because the evidence is too overwhelming now. So nobody has a doubt that there's another, another dimension. And in that dimension, there are evil spirits, wicked demon spirits. Because many of these atheists and agnostics and other things like that, they have been raised in darkness and darkness has crept into their homes and they have seen the hand of Satan everywhere they go. Evil does not disguise itself always. Sometimes it just comes out. And so people know there are devils, there are demons. The thing for you as a Christian is you don't want demons to attach themselves to you. And, and the problem is that some of you have demons actually partnering with you. They're attached to you. You say, what are you talking about? You're a Christian, so they can't be in you. But through disobedience and ungodly behavior and the sowing to your flesh, doing things, uh, urges, impulses, and desires that are not right, that are evil, that are bad, feeding that activates demonic partnerships in your life and you now have demons with you everywhere you go helping you do bad you feel the power of anger and rage to hit a person or to kill a person they're with you to have nightmares to have evil desires and perverted things and all that because you have the presence of evil with you walking with you though not in you but partnering connected to you and this brings tremendous battles into your life that you were never intended to have it is not normal to have nightmares you should not even have nightmares and for sure your children should never have nightmares but because you watch horror movies and ugly movies and perverted movies and 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 listen to all that ugly stuff and your children are there you're filling the atmosphere with demonic forces because you're partnering with them or you are watching pornography and you're paying for it and so you're tithing to satan and so you're giving satan the power to send his demons to your children while they're sleeping in their beds
And you out of ignorance say, oh, I, 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 I didn't know that. Now you know. Now you know. Because knowledge is a weapon. Just like ignorance is a weapon for Satan, knowledge is a weapon for us. Praise the Lord. So I'm speaking to you to give you knowledge that gives you power. If you resist what I say, then you're just being a fool because I am not speaking to you on human terms. I'm speaking to you from the word of God and you've got to decide you've got to get the defeat out of your life. You've got to get the battles out of your life. You've got to get the warfare out of your life. You've got to get the trouble out of your life. You've got to get the bondage, the slavery, the unhappiness, the fear, the torture, the torment, torment the enslavement, the bondages out of your life. You've got to get the craziness out of your head. You've got to get your heart at peace. You've got to get your marriage healed and your children anointed and, and your God of heaven help me, Jesus, because you're in a battle. The battle is, is serious. It is raging and it must be stopped. And if you don't learn your weapons and how to use them, then you're simply going to be overcome. So if you take America's military and strip it of its power, then those with power to that level see weakness and attack. If you weaponize yourself, and people know you've been through a thousand battles and never lost, you're not going to be challenged by too many enemies since the enemies already know they've been through a thousand battles. They've never lost. They know how to fight everything in every way. Let's just stay out of their house. Let's stay away from their children because they're going to break our legs. They're going to cut our head off. They're going to beat us up. This is what the demons think. They say, let's just stay out of that house that's full of praise and worship and holiness and glory and, and, and Jesus. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. They're going to, they're going to, yeah. Let's get out of here. Demons freak out where Jesus is at. Demons freak out where Jesus is in somebody's home. Just like the seven sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. And they saw the disciples casting out devils. They weren't even saved. They said, hey, let's go do that. That looks like fun. Let's cast out some devils. But they weren't saved. They went and cast the devils out. The demons said, what are you doing? We know Paul. We know Jesus. But who are you? And then they beat him up. So how long will it be? Till people learn that this is serious, that Christianity is serious, that life is serious, that that marriage is is a threat to Satan, that 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 churches are a threat to Satan, that preaching and and winning souls is a threat to Satan, that the preaching of the cross is a threat to Satan, that talking about sin in church is a threat to Satan. And he's got to get everything out of, out, of, out of church that comes from the gospel. And then he will leave your church alone to fornicate and adulterize your way right into hell as you think God's blessing is on you. Because we're in a battle. Look at Ephesians chapter 6 and what it tells us in, chapter, in verse 10. Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union and fellowship with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength with he, which his boundless might provides. 
Put on God's whole armor, the armor of heavy armored soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand against all the strategies and all the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood or contending with physical opponents, but against the depotisms, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. Put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all this and all that God demands to stand firmly in your place. And then you have all the weaponry, a defensive weaponry, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the girdle of truth, your shoes shot with the preparation of the gospel and the sword of the spirit. Praise the Lord. You've heard of these. You've heard of these. But I want to give you these things in a capsule so that you can have an idea. And then you go study on your own and battle your and, and learn how to battle with these weapons. Praise the Lord. I can't spend a lot of time on all of them because I want to give you a lot of them. And, and so I just need you to understand that the Bible and that the, the Scripture makes it clear that before you go into a battle, understand what I'm saying. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 and Colossians chapter 2, 14 and 15. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Because Jesus died at Calvary, he defeated the devil through death on the cross and through resurrection. The devil is defeated. Can everybody say it? Can everybody say it? Can everybody out there in Hala Hala land say, the devil is defeated and God is on the throne? Come on, everybody, let's say it together. The devil is defeated. And God is on the throne. What a wonderful thing to know. That you're going into a battle. That all you have to do is know what your weapons are and how to use them. And you're going to come out winning because the enemy you're fighting is defeated. Praise God. You see, the devil has to deceive you into convincing you that he has more power than you do. Once he convinces you that you have, he has more power than you do, then you become afraid. And fear is his open door. God has not given us the spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.7, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Praise God. Do not fear. Psalm 1, Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear or be afraid or intimidated, for I will be with you. I will hold your hand and walk you into the promised land. Somebody say, holla, holla. That's what I'm talking about. You may have, for example, in your home, a lot of battles. You and your wife may fight a lot. There may be no love in the atmosphere, no joy, no peace. Maybe a lot of separation spiritually, not a lot of agreement. This is a terrific battle. A tremendous battle to be in because it breeds so much unhappiness. So the answer is don't get rid of people. The answer is to get right with God and believe God for miracles. 
Praise the Lord. But let's say your wife or husband doesn't ever change. You can't wait for them to be changed to be happy. What are you saying? I'm not saying get rid of them to be happy. No, what I'm saying is Jesus is your happiness. Not your husband. And not your wife. And if you're just going to wait till they do everything right, you're going to die disappointed. They're human beings with flaws and failures and weaknesses and curses upon them, many of them. They may never change. You can't wait to be whole and complete for your wife or husband to be the perfect wife and the perfect husband. It's probably never going to happen. You've got to find happiness and joy in the midst of messed up people. And so there's weapons for that that you've got to master. If, you're, if you don't know how to master your weapon, then, you know, you're just going to get beat up all the time. Then you'll stop going to church and then you'll get devoured. Not just beat up. You'll get devoured. You'll become an atheist and go to hell. Which is what Satan wants. He wants you to go to hell. So the best way he gets you to go to hell is not believe in it. Why would you avoid hell if it doesn't exist? This is what the serial killers, if you uh, research any of that, most of the serial killers are all atheists. And this is what they say. There's no God. There's no sin. There's no consequences. I can do anything I want. We just die and become dirt. Because if they believe in a God and they believe that there's consequences in a hell, most of those people are going to go, oh, I think maybe I shouldn't kill everybody. So think about it. What are your battles that you're battling right now? What, what are you fighting right now? Who is the person? Who are the people being used by Satan to bring you battles and warfare? What are the circumstances that you're in that are making you unhappy and you're in a battle for your own happiness and soul and peace and you can't find it because of this person or that person or because of this situation or that situation and you're like, wow, I, I just don't know what to do. Because, you know, Jesus battled the devil. Jesus battled the devil. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. The devil's tempting Jesus and Jesus says, hey, with food, because he hadn't eaten and he was hungry. And the devil said, hey, if you're the son of God, make the stones bread. Jesus used the Bible. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus knew how to use his weapons. And because he did, he always got the victory. Jesus had to battle his own family because it says in the Bible that his family didn't believe in him. Except for Mary, his family didn't believe in him. His brothers and sisters. He had a whole bunch of them. He didn't get, oh, my brothers and sisters don't believe in me. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to quit the ministry. Maybe I shouldn't die for everybody because, you know, they don't like me. And, you know, I've been serving them all my life and doing everything I can. I've been loving them in every way I can and being so nice to them and everything. But they don't believe in me. I don't know what to do. My God, maybe I should just quit. The Pharisees, he had to fight the Pharisees all the time. The Pharisees, which is the preachers, the other preachers, all the other Christians, so-called. So you know, we're just using that as an example. But he had to fight. And then the Pharisees come up to him one day in, in John chapter uh, 12, and they say, hey, 
we're not the sons of fornication like you are. They had gone to his town and researched his family to try to get something on him. He acted as if he didn't even hear him and just began healing everybody. Because <laughs> he knew his weapons. Because sometimes, brothers and sisters, members of the jury, you just got to ignore when the devil is talking. You just got to ignore his voice and do what God tells you to do. You just got to shut the devil up and just do what God tells you to do. Don't park and give him air time and say, what'd you say? What'd you say? Who? What? They think what? They think what? They're saying what? They're doing what? <laughs> you can't do that. So you just got to ignore the devil sometimes and just put one foot in front of the other and do the will of God and the devil will leave you. But if you'll sit down at the table with him and have discussions, then he knows, he knows he's got you because he is much better at fighting than you are. Yes. He'll condemn you, accuse you. He'll put guilt on you, shame on you. He'll prophesy to you. He'll speak to you in your dreams. He'll curse you. Praise the Lord. Raise your hands and say, I will win. Tell everybody around you, I will win. Say it out loud. I will win. My family will win. Say it. My children will win because the devil is defeated. And my God is on the throne. Praise the Lord. So all through the Bible, you have winners. You have David and Goliath. Look at David. You just cut the, cut the devil's head right off. You have Paul who fought himself. He said, man, I want to do good, but I can't do good. The thing I want to do, I can't do. There was an inner battle, but he got the victory. You know, you have Jacob who fought himself, a deceiver, a liar. And he went and fought with the angels and said, I'm not letting go till you bless me. That was his weapon. He said, I won't let go till you bless me, Jesus. I'm not quitting till you bless me. I'm not quitting till you give me victory in this area. I'm not giving up till this area where I am like the devil is defeated in my life. I'm not letting go of you. I will fight till we win. Praise the Lord. You have Noah who fought the whole world. For 100 years, he built that ark. Mockery, accusation, rejection. People laughing at him, and he just ignored it all and kept building because he had a word from God. Hallelujah. That gave him 100 years of spiritual victory. Turn to somebody and say, God needs to tell me something. I mean, you can go a long way with a word from God. You can go a long way when God tells you something about your family and he says they're all going to be okay. They're all going to get saved. You can go on that for a long time. Praise the Lord. It changes the way you pray for them. Say, hey, you guys don't have very much time. You're all going to get saved. What are you talking about? Get saved. Hey, cuss all you want. You'll be praising pretty soon when you have a word from God. Isn't that what? Tim, Paul told Timothy, hey, we prophesied to you. We gave you the prophecies. Now use them like weapons to win your battles. Hallelujah. Some of you have nothing from God. You have no word for your lost children. You have no word for your difficult children. You have no word for your parents. You have no word for your health. You, you have no word for your finances, your job. You have no word from God. No living word that he's spoken to you. Praise the Lord. 
When I was young growing up, my, I had a lot of battles about my father and hated him and grew up hating him and had a lot of tangible hate, tangible, where you feel it in your body, where it's in your mouth and you feel the venom and it's a hateful thing. It's an ugly, bitter, horrible thing. And so I get saved at 17 and, I, and God heals me of the wound. So I don't feel the wound. I'm happy. Joyful. I can say the word father. I can do all that. I'm in peace. But up here, I didn't, have, I didn't understand it. So I just committed it to God. Why would a person leave you? Why would a per- I didn't have those answers. Well, last year, now that I'm almost 69 years old, after I don't need it, after I don't even need it, God says, I'm the one that kept your father from you. I did it to protect your destiny. I said, Lord, you could have told me that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Way back there. He says, oh, no, you wouldn't have been the man that I made you to be. It's your battles and your victories that made you what I've made you to be. I said, okay, okay, okay. See how the battle changes when you have revelation? And insight, rhema words, it changes every perspective you have and everything. Praise the Lord. Look at someone next to you and say, amazing. Daniel in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach in the fiery furnace. David. David fighting continually in his own mind in the book of Psalms all the time battling. Praise God, all these different things. Jesus at Gethsemane, battles and victory and victory and victory and victory for Jesus all the time. You have losers like Samson and Solomon and Judas who lost their battles because they did not use their weapons. Samson was anointed by God as the strongest human being on earth. He could lift the giant gates of a city on his shoulder and walk them up a mountain. But he could not say no to prostitutes and Bud Light. And he lost his ministry, his strength, and his anointing because inside of him was a weakness. He did not know how to transform into a strength. Look at someone right now and say, I'm winning. Tell the person behind you and give them a high five. I'm winning. You're winning. We're winning. And God has won. Praise the Lord. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession to the, in the presence of witnesses. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Praise the Lord. Everybody say it again. The devil is defeated. God is on his throne. Let me give you the weapons in groups of three then you will have to study them out. I'm going to tell you what they are and a little bit about each one, but you're going to have to study. Understand this, that if you're going to be a weaponless Christian, why don't you just stop being a Christian? Why don't you just go serve the devil? Because to be a defeated Christian is worse. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to lose. You don't have to be weak. You certainly don't have to be unhappy. 
You don't have to be bound up and enslaved to any addiction of any kind. You don't have to live in a prison as a Christian saved and born again by God. There is no jail that God wants you to be in. He wants you out of prison. Praise the Lord. So learning weapons is very powerful. The first three are the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the blood of Jesus. Three very powerful weapons. The word of God, you use Hebrews 4.12, quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing, dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrows, a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is your number one overall weapon. Everything about all the other weapons comes out of the word of God, and the word of God contains the explanations, the weaponry technology. It explains the different techniques of using all your weapons. It's the word of God. So your first weapon that you must master is the Bible. You must become a Bible scholar. You cannot just have a Bible. You must master its knowledge and learn its mysteries and learn all of its secrets. If you think the Bible is man-made, then you're already, it's over. There's no victory for you. You will be defeated and that's all there is to it. But if you believe God wrote the Bible by breathing on people who then wrote it out and through prophetic utterance of God, the words were written and the Bible was written and it's the written word of God, the book, the only book God has written. He's inspired other books, but he wrote that book. So within those pages are all your answers to all your questions. It's all the things you want are in that book. Everything you want is in the Bible. It is light. It is water. It is rain. It is fire. It is a hammer. It, it is joy. It is water. It is bread. It is meat. It is light. It is truth. It is a sword. It's the word of God. It lasts from everlasting to everlasting. Heaven and earth may pass away, but not one word of the word of God will fail or not be true. The word of God, the Bible, is your number one weapon. And there's at least 30 different ways to use it to get you victory. You read it, you study it, you pray it, you sing it, you preach it, you share it, you learn it, you sleep in it, you talk about it, you eat it, you meditate on it, you memorize it. All these ways. And this begins to give you power because the Bible is your food and it makes you physically, spiritually strong. If the devil comes at you with a lie, you say that is a lie because that's the opposite of what the Bible says. If the devil tries to tempt you, hey, I know where that's going, that temptation. Here's what my Bible tells me about it. If you're having mental warfare, you can quiet your mind by saying, hey, I trust God. He's got control of my future. I'm obeying him, doing what he's telling me. It's all going to work out. But if you're ignorant of the word of God, then you become food for the predators Satan has assigned to you. They are going to eat you. We have the name of Jesus. Found in Philippians 2.10. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father. Every knee must bow and say, Lord of lords and King of kings. The disciples in the book of Acts said they had faith in the name of Jesus to heal people. The name of Jesus carries supernatural power. 
If you don't know that, then when a demon comes into your home, you won't know to say, in the name of Jesus, I command every demon in this house to get out of here right now. You won't know to use the name of Jesus to heal the sick. You won't know how to use the name of Jesus to heal yourself and to bring blessings. You won't know how to use the name of Jesus to release finances into your family, to release prosperity into your home. You'll forget that the name of Jesus is the the nuclear supernatural weapon of God and that at that name every demon bows every circumstance bows every situation bows to the name of Jesus if you have faith in that name but if it's the same as Jerry Larry Mary Harry Terry you get nothing out of Jesus except the name you then have the blood Exodus 12, 23, they applied the blood to the doorposts and lintels of the house. The angel of death came by and he couldn't get in because he can't get, the devil can't get past the blood. So if you surround your family with the blood, guess what? He can't get in to your family because you have surrounded your family with the blood. If you plead the blood over your children, then Satan cannot attack or, 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 or conquer your children because they're under your authority as children and you can cover them with the blood. You can cover your family with the blood, your business with the blood, your finances, your marriage. You can cover everything with the blood of Jesus. But if you don't even know these are your weapons, you're living a Christian life that is in poverty. You're actually a poor Christian because you don't know how rich you are. Didn't feel the love on that, so I'm going to go over here and encourage myself. Praise God. That was awesome. Ivan, way to go. Freaking me out. Tell someone, holla, holla. You then have the third little bundle of weapons, which is the cross. Everybody say the cross. Words and truth. So the cross is where all the victory took place. All the victories you and I have came because of the cross. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 that the, 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 the power is in the cross. Praise the Lord. So you need the cross because it's your victory place. All the victories came from the cross. So to use the cross, and I'm just giving you a few examples. You have to study these out. And I'm doing a book on it, but, but I don't have it yet. But I'm just saying, the cross is a place where you have to crucify yourself. The cross is the place where you go to get people saved. They have to go to the cross to get saved. And they have to come under all of its blessings. So you have to live crucified. This is how you overcome yourself, is you crucify the bad you. Look at two or three people around you and say, is there a bad you? Oh, there's a bad you. He or she is a crazy person. A fearful you, a shy you, a defeated you, a self-pity you, an angry you, a raging you, a cynical you, a suspicious you, a distrusting you, a lustful you, a perverted you a violent you, a murdering you, all to the cross, all to the cross, crucified at the cross. You can't just give in to the old you. You have to take him and say, I will not do what you're telling me. I'm going to crucify you right now in the name of Jesus. Get up there and nail that old man to the cross. 
Praise the Lord. This gives you victory to walk in the new you that God has created by being born again and having the divine nature of God, 1 Peter 2 and 1 Peter 1, 2, 3, and 4, inside of you. Praise the Lord. And that's where you tell the devil, Satan, remember the cross? You are defeated. You are defeated. Praise God. We then have words. Proverbs 18, 21. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Psalm 22, 6, 7, and 8. God inhabits the words of his people. Satan inhabits the words of his people. Now you have the weapon of language. With language, you can praise God. Well, if you praise God, he's leaving your house. He won't stay in the house. For Satan to stay, he requires some complaining. He requires some accusing. He requires some fear talk, some negative talk. He requires gossip. He requires accusations, shame, guilt, condemnation, that kind of talk. He requires some good old-fashioned cussing in order to dwell there. Because Satan dwells with cussers. Because profanity is the language of Satan. It's called Satanese. And Satan dwells where his words are in control. If you start praising God, his presence comes down. You start worshiping God. If you start being grateful and thankful, his presence comes in. If you start arguing, complaining, fighting, the demons come in. You can feel them. Praise the Lord. That's why some of you are in partnership with Satan without knowing it, because your language partners with him because it's his praise. Turn to seven people and say, I didn't want to hear that. That's right, because remember, if you're the kind of Christian that protects the lies that are inside you, then you're just feeding on death by giving yourself permission to act in a way that partners you with demonic forces. Don't give yourself that permission. Say, I don't have the right to talk like this. It's what I feel. It's what I want to do. It's my urgent impulse, but it's your old man cursed. It's not the new you born of the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord. Are you here? So use your words as a weapon. Confess the will of God. Proclaim the will of God. Declare the word of God. Memorize the word and then declare it. Sing it. Praise it. Declare. Use the language of Jesus. He came to earth and brought a new language. No one had ever talked like him. And this is the language you and I must learn because it is a great weapon. Satan cannot defeat your godly language. He doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear that he's defeated. So tell him. He doesn't want to hear it's going to be all right. He doesn't want to hear that. He says, why doesn't God answer me? What's going on? Nobody loves me. Nobody pays attention to me. I go to church and nobody says nothing. Okay, you want the devil with you? Talk like that. Or stop feeling sorry for yourself and say, I love unconditionally and I do not require others to love me. I will love them. They don't have to love me back. Only then can you truly be free. Once you do not need what other people have, you are now free to give them what God has given you. 
unconditionally. Look at three people and say, holla, holla. That's why some of you can't get over your childhood, your past. What's going on? You can't get over it. Praise the Lord. We then have the truth. The truth, John 8, 32. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. Praise the Lord. Truth takes all knowledge in, all Bible, revelation, all knowledge. As you learn the truth, the ugly truth, the beautiful truth, all the truth of the Word of God, that truth begins to liberate you everywhere you go. You start getting set free. Tell yourself the truth. You start getting set free. Be honest, brutally honest about yourself and what you really think and do and say and act, and you start getting free. Lie to yourself and you just get more bondage. Believe lies about yourself, more bondage. But tell yourself the truth. And you start feeling the liberation of the Holy Ghost. And that has many realms. Each one of these has many realms. But they're all powerful and they're all necessary. Look at someone next to you and say, holla, holla. You now then have holiness, prayer, and fasting. Three more very powerful weapons. Holiness, prayer, and fasting. Holiness, well, how can the devil mess with you if you're not going to cooperate with his temptations? Holiness is not morality. Holiness is above morality. Because in morality, you have to make a willing choice, and there's a battle of will there because of temptation, pleasure, and lust. But you're choosing to do the right thing, even though you don't want to. That's called morality. But holiness is above that. Holiness is you become one with God in union and fellowship. And he takes the desire to do the bad thing out. And in that area, you have been sanctified and you're holy. You don't even have the desire to do it. Without holiness, the Bible says, without holiness, in Hebrews 12, 14, no one shall see the Lord. Hug two people next to you and say, my God. I'm getting a lot today. I only have one shot at you. So you have holiness. You have prayer. Mark 135. Jesus got up a great while before morning, went out to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus was a prayer warrior. He prayed at an average nine hours or more a day, sometimes all day, sometimes forever. He just unbroken fellowship. Prayer becomes very powerful as a weapon. Because with prayer, you control the atmosphere of your home, your family, and yourself. Prayer binds up the demons and binds up the devils and even binds up the natural facts of life. Prayer puts you in union with God and fellowship with God so his presence is all you, on you all the time as you're praying. Unbroken communion gives you inward peace with God and inward joy because you're in prayer, you're fellowshipping with God. He's constantly talking to you, giving you answers and solutions to all the battles that you're in and telling you how to win them. Because that's called prayer, fellowship, two conversations. God talks, you talk. Prayer, two way, not one way, two way, one way is not prayer. That's just asking for things. But prayer is communion, fellowship, two people talking. God, what about this? Okay, got it. That's what I'll do. Boom. Question, answer. Then fellowship is not asking for anything. It's just loving each other. I love you so much, Lord. Thank you for how you've treated me all these years, the amazing ways you've blessed me. You, what a great wife you've given me. She freaks me out. What an amazing group of children I have, Lord. 
wow, you really, and he's talking to you about it. Fellowship. Prayer. And then praying in tongues. The number one gift Satan doesn't want you to have. That he's got to demonize in your mind through denominations and ignorant preachers. Uneducated preachers. You can't be against the Holy Spirit if you read the Bible. You can only be against the Holy Spirit if your allegiance is to a denomination and you decide to be against something that you cannot even preach with Scripture to be against. Now, one single Scripture can you use. But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you pray perfect prayers. Perfect prayers, because it's not you praying, Romans 8, 26. It's the Holy Spirit praying through you. See, and some of you that may not believe what I just said, you could be nervous right now. Like, wow, what is this? What is this? What is this? Well, I'm just telling you, everybody got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were not of the devil. Paul was not of the devil. All the disciples and Mary is not of the devil. They all prayed in the Holy Ghost. I'm not of the devil. My eyes don't roll back on my head. I'm not, I'm not freaking out. Not acting like a demon. I feel the presence of God. Sing in the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost. Don't be, don't be faithful to a denomination. Be faithful to the Word of God. You want to be a fool? Line up with men. You want to be wise? Line up with God. Turn to seven people and say, Holla, holla, baby. That's what I'm talking about on Sunday morning. Praying in the Holy Ghost gives you immediate breakthrough. And a lot of times you'll have to pray in the Holy Ghost for an hour or two before you get a breakthrough. But you'll get it. You will get it. And then there's fasting, Isaiah 58. You can read the whole chapter. Fasting is a weapon. When you fast, you make your body pray. You empower the forces of heaven to defeat the forces of hell in your life. You bring physical health to your body. Just fasting will actually cure many problems of the human body. This is not rocket science. If you study it at all, you fast, it begins to cure and heal the body. It's a powerful weapon. Plus, it gives you spiritual power. Gifts are given to you. Powers are given to you. And amazing breakthroughs take place. Praise the Lord. The last three, there's many, many more, but I've run out of time. So I want to just give you these last three, which are repentance, faith, and love. I have at least 20, uh, 28 gifts or 28 weapons, but I'm just giving you a few just so you can understand. You're not weaponless against the things you're battling. You're not uh, permanently defeated. All your battles have an expiration date. And all you have to do is learn to operate. Praise the Lord. Repentance we have is a weapon. Because when you repent, you restart your destiny. So repentance gets you out of the hands of Satan and into the hands of God. So it's very important that you be a repenter and a quick one. You smoke some pot. Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I repent. Boom. And then don't do it again. Don't just keep the reefers in your pocket. And say, I repent, because that's not repentance. you got to actually flush the reefers down the toilet. 
Say, oh my God, oh geez, I repent, I repent, I repent. And you keep them in your pocket for the next day. That's not repentance. If you want to stop drinking, you have to get rid of the Bud Light out of the refrigerator, the whiskey out of the cabinet. You can't just say, I repent for drinking and have a whole thing of Jack Daniels. So what's repentance? To turn and go in the opposite direction. To change your mind and not believe what you believed. Praise the Lord. So you repent. And then there's faith. 1 John 5, 4. Faith is the victory that overcomes. Can two or three look at you and say, holla, holla. Well, what's greater than becoming a faith man or a faith woman? It's a powerful thing. You have to build your faith up. It's not going to build itself up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you build up your faith, you build it up by memorizing the Bible, meditating on the Bible, and getting around miracle workers and people that believe God for big things with little resources. Praise the Lord. You listen to Pastor Robert tell you all the miracles that have happened since the day that God told him to be a paymaster and all the miracles that have come and all the things that have come and the blessings that's on the church and the amazing prosperity that's on everybody because of faith. Faith changes things. Mark 11, 22 and 23. Praise the Lord. If you speak to the mountain and do not doubt, but have faith in God and say, be cast into the sea. Even if your faith is the size of the grain of a mustard seed, it shall be cast into the sea. Faith pleases God. Praise the Lord. It is a weapon. Satan can't handle faith. Demons can't handle faith. Your body responds to faith. Praise the Lord. So we're in a church here a couple of weeks ago having a big miracle service. And then there's thousands of people in the church. And I had my daughter Bethany with me, and she brought a girl up who was blind. This girl could not see from birth. She just had a little light on the side. And she was a worship leader, one of them. And Bethany put her hands on her like this. I put my hands on her. She put her hands on her like this. Before our very eyes, you could just see her eyes open and start fluttering like that. And then the girl starts screaming screaming because she can see everything clearly. She starts naming people clear across the auditorium. This is not a year ago, two years ago. This is like last month. Faith is a miracle worker and the devil will run from your faith and he will partner with your fear. Come on, give the Lord a big hand and say, victory, victory. I'm almost done. Everybody shout unto God, and let's have some praise time right now. Take a praise break and praise him a little bit and say, glory to God. You need faith in God. You need faith in the Bible. You need faith in the things of God. Be a man of faith. Be a woman of faith. Be known around the world as a man or woman of faith, and do not be a doubter and an unbeliever. Do not... Allow your doubts to dominate your thought life. Faith is a weapon. And it changes everything. We end with love. Turn to a few people and say, holla, holla. 
Well, you see, love is a weapon because love cures all the battles between you and people. There are no battles where you love a thing. All the warfare ends when you love something. If you love a person, then they will not bother you. No matter how much they hate you, they will not be able to change your love towards them. And once you love a thing, the warfare ends. It's when you resent them and when you're angry at them and when you can't forgive them that you hate them and the battle rages on the inside of you. And Satan is ignited by hate and unforgiveness. So love enters your life. And all the people you used to have a hard time with, now you love them. So it's not a battle because you love them. You actually enjoy praying for them. And you enjoy believing God that he'll bless them. Because all the hate and bitterness and ugliness and all those terrible battles that give you cancer in your body of different kinds, leave your body. Your soul gets sick. And then your body gets sick. And love heals the soul. And then transfers over to the genetic part of you. Praise the Lord. There are other ways of getting sick, but I'm just saying that is a very natural, normal, progressive progression way. If you have bitterness in you, you're going to get something messed up in your body. If you can't forgive a person, your body's going to pay the price. You won't be able to sleep. Demons will be around at night and you'll have nightmares. Because you're fuming, you're thinking about it. I get, how do I get even? How do I kill this person? Who can I hire to kill him? And Satan is just right there with you, rubbing your face, whispering in your ear. Love? Never. What's the cure? To everything in the world? Not just any kind of love, but the love of God. Not any kind of love. Because human love is very selfish. Human love wants to possess. Divine love wants to enable, empower, and equip every person to fulfill their dreams. Human love is not like that. Praise the Lord. Everybody lift your hands and say, I will win. I will win every battle. Put on that music, every battle. In every arena, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. This year, from this day forward, will be my victory year. I will be blessed of God with great victories and great breakthroughs. By the power of the Holy Ghost, I will live in the blessings of God. I now cast out all devils out of my home and family. In Jesus' name, of my business, of my mind, and of my desires. By the blood of the Lamb, I now apply the blood on all my family members that they'll all get saved and they'll all be born again and they'll all be baptized in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, everybody that's sick will get healed. There will be great deliverances in my family great breakthroughs in my family in the name of Jesus my family will be whole and will be functional in the name of Jesus by faith in God 
and faith in God's word, these blessings shall come about. I use my language to glorify God, to bless God, and to bless my own life to the glory of God. From this day forward, I will have more victories than defeats. And I will look all around my life and say, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo! Let my children tell As we end with this, let me tell you the overcomer's blessings. Revelation 3.21, the one who conquers and overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. As I conquered, so shall he conquer. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him will I give authority over the nations. Revelation 2.17, the one who conquers will have this heritage. I will be his God and he will be my son and daughter. Revelation 22:14. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter life and the city of life through the gates of the city. Revelation 20, verse 4. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed also. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or the image and had not received its mark or on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. To the one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down from heaven. And to him who overcomes, I will give a white robe I'm still and a new name. Hallelujah. Everybody say it. Victory, victory, victory. Close your eyes for a moment of contemplation. I'm asking you to close your eyes for privacy, not for a religious reason, but to shut out the rest of the world today. I'm asking you to think about your future. Also think about your past. What have you been through? What battles, testings, trials have you been through? And now you face a future future that for the world is uncertain but for us in the kingdom is very and in this questions that you're asking say out loud in your heart I'm gonna overcome I'm going to have victory because I will know how to use my weapons the question I ask each person today is this question. Are you 100% sure that if you were to die today that you would go to heaven? Can you be honest with yourself and say I have no doubts whatsoever that if I died today I would go to heaven? Or can you say honestly I don't know if I die today at lunch or 
in my bed or driving the car. And if I died, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. And is that something you're willing to accept? Or are you the kind of person that says, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven when I die. And I want to have the assurance placed in my heart about that. If my heart could tell a story. I want to know that I know that if I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if I die, I'm going to heaven. So I'm going to ask you a simple question. Right there where you're sitting, I'm going to ask you to do something very simple. If I have anything, not difficult or hard, but life altering. If you want God to put that peace no in your heart, all I want you to do right now, right there where you're sitting, is lift your hand right now, high enough for me to see, and then I'm going to pray for you, and God is going to do a miracle in your life. Oh, my God. Look at all those hands going up right now, Lord, stretched up into the sky. I see all your hands right now, everywhere. Everywhere I see your hands. Lots and lots of you. Now, I'd like you to stand to your feet if you raise your hand and let me pray for you right there. Just stand to your feet, and I'm going to pray for you. Each one of you that has lifted your hands this morning, you're making a very wise decision. Think about how much your pride has robbed you of so far. Your shyness has robbed you of. Your fear has robbed you of. Don't let it do that to you today. Everybody that's standing, would you look at me for one second? May I have your permission to pray for you? I won't ask you to say anything to anyone, but may I lead you in no prayer? If I have your permission, would you wave your hand at me? Like may I do that? Jesus. May I do that? May I do that? Would you let me look into His your eyes for a minute? Would you leave your seat and just come up here for a second and let me lead you in a prayer? Please give them a hand as they come. Give them a hand as they come. Walk right up here. And I want you to clap like your mother is coming up here. These things matter to people whether you're getting rid of doubt or crossing the bridge for the first time just or getting right with God whatever it may be the two things you need to know is that God is going to forgive you for everything you've ever done that's the first thing and the second thing you need to know is when God forgives he also forgets he actually makes himself forget Anything you feel bad about that you've done, ashamed of, or feel guilty of, it is not only forgiven, it is also erased. Do you understand what I'm saying? That when you look in the face of God, you're not looking at somebody who remembers it. It's out of his mind. It's a new day. All you have to do is forgive those that have damaged you, and especially forgive yourself. You don't want to block God's forgiveness but by not being able to forgive yourself. This is the time to give yourself He does not require you to suffer and be punished. He simply wants to give you a new life and a new beginning. Praise the Lord. I want you all to stretch your hands out towards any person you know as a sign of your blessing. Let's all pray together with them. Out loud, say, Dear God in heaven, I am a sinner 
I need forgiveness. I repent. I turn my back on the devil and on the world. Would you come into my heart right now? Would you live there forever and never leave me? Would you wash me clean from all my sin and guilt shame? Would you take away my doubt and my unbelief? Dear God in heaven, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I forgive every person, whoever they may be, and I let them go. And I forgive myself. I'll start brand new today. My future is bright. My life will be fruitful. All the curses that have been on my life are broken today. The curses I got from my family if and the curses I got from my behavior, story, they are broken. The blood covers my life, my life would and it covers story. my future. I will not be unhappy anymore. If I, I will not feel like I'm battling everything. For you will be with me, God. You if will be I the wind beneath my wings. You will be my strength, my guide. I'll serve you till I die. No one I'll stay close to you till I die. Like you alone Jesus. and no one else will be the Lord His and God. Faithful hand has held me up. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for getting rid of my doubts. I'm going to heaven and the devil is defeated. Would you all turn around for a second and just face the church? Would you give them a hand and celebrate? Whether they got rid of doubt or whether they got saved or whether they came back to God, whatever the case may be, come on, celebrate them and say, we are with you, we believe in you, and God is great. All right, you all, you may be seated. Come on, let's give God a hand and say, thank you, Jesus, you're amazing. Remember that you never know who's up here. You never know who and what they will become and how great they may be. Remember, Billy Graham got saved somewhere. Praise the Lord. So you don't know. All we do is celebrate the choice they made, which is a glorious choice. Praise God. May I now say on behalf of myself and my wife and all my children and all our orphans in Guatemala and in Africa, may we say thank you to you as a church for the millions of dollars that you have given to Casa Helena, to our work in Africa, to the power you give us to rescue orphans from trash dumps and from the sex trade from abusive lives. I found we just got another 10 new children in the last three weeks. Five of those children were burned by their father. They're in the hospital still. We'll get them hopefully in a week or two. Little, little things. And he burned their hands, he burned their ears, and he's running somewhere. Wicked, wicked man. Wicked, wicked man. Wicked, 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 wicked man. How could you do that to your little children? Little tiny things. They're all 
bandaged up. I'm still in love. Now. And Casa you know that we're going to be able to feed him because you gave. We'll be able to get him brand new clothes because you gave. That we'll be able to get him their first bed ever alone. The best kind of food that they could possibly eat. Houses that are as good as yours. An education from kindergarten all the way through graduate school. That they're going to become lawyers and doctors. They're going to become preachers, writers and authors. Musicians and healers because Living Waters Church is so faithful in your partnership with all these years. I say that I pray for you every day. I hope you that there never is a day I do not pray for Pastor Robert and Ms. Laura their children and the church His faithful hand because to me you are a treasure God has given to help me fulfill the destiny that God has given all my days and Hallelujah. On the earth we are building a creative house you've you given thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to build that house these are for our college girls we've had them in the city we got houses there for them to stay at but honestly, we had a couple of them kidnapped. But thanks be to God, the guy just let him let him go. They started praying in tongues in the back, and he let him go. But at that point, I said, "That's it. We're building something. They ain't going out there. We can't. We can't take a chance on on these." preciousness in the, the city and uh, so now we've built this house it's almost totally if done two stories beautiful for story. all the college girls they'll just come back every day and uh and then we're gonna do the same thing in the boys house across the road on our new property across the road as well as building if I have their vocational school which is going to train our young men to be welders and I have uh, electricians and mechanics it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. And, and you guys have done this. Pastor Robert has sent us so much money all the time. We, we had to buy uh, solar panels, you know, to cut down on the electricity. Because it's a city out there. It's huge. And uh, so you guys, you know, gave us the money to buy all those solar panels, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that are being installed this week and will save us thousands of dollars a month. Praise the Lord. We've put in wells. Pastor Robert went over there himself, Doug Wells himself, took Chad and others and just worked all day, day and night, day after day, after day digging wells, digging wells. We're still digging more wells. We're just going to dig all the wells we can dig because of water, beautiful things. And there's no place at Casa Helena that does not have the mark of living water. And you no were place. everything. No area, nothing, it's all there. So thank you. No and uh, one ever what can I say, you guys are like from the Lord. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for letting me keep you this long. His faithful hand has held me all this way. God is good. God loves you. I'm you have a big and gray and 
Praise the Lord. Happy trails. Till we meet again. My joy. Praise God. Praise God. Wasn't that awesome? Well, let's just help me to set up an offering. You want to give an offering uh, to Brother Ivan? Just make your checks out to the church and uh, we'll get him one check. Praise God. So put your hand on your offer. Let me pray. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus mighty name that, Lord, we've been it's a it's a privilege to be a, to and, and, and to just be united and, and partnered with the Rav and his family over rescuing children and orphans. So, Lord, I thank you for bringing him into our midst and connecting us, Lord God, so that we could be together, work this out. Rescue children. So, Lord, I just thank you for it. I thank you, Lord God, that you put your hand on everybody's offering, their blessing, that, Lord God, that when their businesses are blessed, their finances are blessed, their lives are blessed, Lord, and we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, I want to remind y'all, ushers, go ahead and take up the offer. I want to remind y'all, uh, like next Sunday after church, we're going to have another baptism because there were some people that wanted to be baptized and they missed it. And so, but we're going to do it right after church. So, those of you, even today, that you want you gave your life to Christ, you want to uh, uh, be baptized next week and seal that thing up, and man, woo, that'll be that'll be impressive. And so, uh, just bring your shorts or whatever after church. You can change here after church, and we're just going to head down it. You, you can make it. You know, we're gonna, you, you, you can uh, you can go just a little bit longer without lunch or something. It'll be great. And uh, so, just come prepared for that. If you want to, let me know how many, and we'll give you the directions. What we're going to do is just right out of town. won't take three minutes to get there. So anyway, praise God. Stand to your feet. Look at the person beside you. Say, I am so glad I came. Amen. The Father, just bless them all. Let the word that has been sown in us, let the word that has been taught us today, the weapons of warfare that are ours, Lord God, just Lord be put in our armor, put on our, our, our belts, our war belts to go out to do war this day. And so, Lord, we just give you praise for it. We thank you for it. Bless them now, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.